Good morning. Happy Sunday. You know, usually my wife has something really encouraging to say to me before I come up here. And her advice to me today was, Jason, uh, be fun, Jason, today. Be fun, Jason. I was like, thanks for the encouragement, as opposed to boring, Jason. It's like, no, just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's good. I always enjoy it. But there are some messages that as a pastor, you just enjoy more than the others, right? I enjoy this one. I'm looking forward to this today. So anyway, hey, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name's Jason. I get the privilege of being pastor here. And uh, you picked a great weekend, by the way, if it is your first time. We are starting a new series, Reply All. And so if you were here a couple months ago, we started asking for questions and topics. Um, I, I'm sure a lot of you are like me. So when I, when I was in church um, and attending regularly, I thought, man, there's some, there's some things I wish that as a church, we would actually like bring some clarity to it. Like, what does the Bible say about this? I've heard about faith for the third week in a row. Can you give me something else? Like, I'm sure some of you have been down that road. You're like, yeah. Well, we gave you the opportunity, and many of you did respond. And you've, and uh, that's what we're going to do over these next three weeks. So starting today, and we'll go through the end of uh, September. And I'm, I, this is going to be I'm, my hope, my prayer through this series, is that it would be just that, a clarifying series for you. It would bring some clarity. Now, this is, listen, all pastors, this is part of pastoring and putting together a message. All pastors, they got to be able to discern like, okay, I'm here to, to, to be an administrator of the gospel, right? Bring you what the word says, not my pet peeves, right? I know you're shocked that that's a temptation for the pastor to preach on his pet peeves, but it is. And so, you know, when you start, when, when people start asking questions, it's all the more vigilance needed to go, okay, here's the priority for this series. So here, here's, here it is. Here's the priority for this series. Not for you to ask, let's, this isn't an editorial in the paper, ask Jason. You know, ask Pastor Jason. That's not what this is. This is, we're asking questions about relevant topics to our lives, and we're going, what does Scripture have to say about this? This is a moment, and this is a series, where we're emphasizing the priority of Scripture. But, and I mean priority over our traditions, maybe some cultural traditions and narratives that are, that, that are in our ear and that we maybe even have, have subscribed to maybe unknowingly. Even, even priority over our church traditions. Maybe the way that we've grown up and some ideas that have just become ingrained in us where we're just convinced this is what God would do and not do. And here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to be willing and, and, and we're going to allow Scripture to get in the way of our ideas. Is that, is that fair? Is that fair? Now, today, uh, you know, it, it's 9-11. It's the 21st anniversary of 9-11. And for those of you that were old enough to remember that day, I'm sure you're like me. I, I can recall nearly most of the details of that, of that day. I remember exactly where I was through that entirety of the day, it seems like. And, um, um, you know, when I think about that day, that, that was, uh, really was an attack on freedom, freedom in our, in our country and a lot of the, the core values that we as a nation, whether we live those out or not is one thing, but it's something that we as a nation absolutely represent to the rest of the world. And so it was an attack on those liberties and on those freedoms. And I just think, man, isn't it just like God on this day? What are we going to talk about? Well, today we're talking all about freedom. We're talking about Christian liberty and freedom. In fact, today's, the title to today's message is, what are the rules? Like, what are the rules to being a Jesus 
follower. All of us, we all got questions, don't we? We all got questions. And listen, questions in and of themselves don't serve any purpose. Those questions, we, answers is what we're looking for. We want some, we want some answers. And so my hope, again, is to, is to bring some clarity to that. I think, I think about all the phases. Some of us were new. It's like, you know, when you show up to a new job, I hope you got questions. When you show up to a new job, like you got a lot of questions. You show up to faith, like you're new to faith, we got a lot of questions. Like, what, what am I supposed to do and not supposed to do? As we grow, isn't it interesting? We get to new, to new uh, kind of levels of, in our spiritual growth, new questions. We're asking questions today that some of us, we weren't, we weren't asking when we were following Jesus 10 years ago. Why? Because we're growing. And so this is what we are. We all have these questions. Now, some of these questions, like there's some answers that seem really clear. They're really clear in Scripture. But then there's these questions that we have, and it's, well, they're not so clear. They're a little bit ambiguous, and that's what we're going we're gonna to talk about today. I, I was, as I was putting this together, I was thinking about a story of several years ago. One of my kids came home. It was either pre-K or kindergarten, and they came home, and, and uh, they walked up to my wife, their mom, and she walks up and, and says, hey, mom is, uh, is fill in the blank with a very strong four-letter word, and uh, is this a bad word? And my mom, look at my mom, uh, my wife, she looks at, at my kid, like does one of these like big eyes, like all the room left the, you know, all the air left the room. And, uh, and of course, my, my kid instantly knew, oh no, I have sinned against mom and God in this moment. And it was no words had to be exchanged. It was like, and then my wife, she got all of her stuff. She said, oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. No, listen, yes, you know, yes, that's. It's not a good word. Like you're, you have a better vocabulary than that. We don't need to use those that language. You didn't do anything wrong. Like it's okay. You know, it's a, you just you were just asking a question. That's all right. And uh, but I, I think about that story, and I think I think that's how a lot of our questions in the church seem to get handled sometimes. A lot of us have different experiences. We've grown up certain ways. Some of us have certain convictions that others of us just absolutely do not have. And so we come into the church with some of those things and we go, I don't see anything wrong with this. And then there's this whole group that goes, you can't do that. That's not what real Christians do or don't do, whatever that is. We fill in all the blanks. And so we're going to try to avoid the gasp today. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to, we're not going to be gasping through our series today, but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to address some of these ambiguous topics that we, that we have and questions that we have. I think all of us have this tendency. We all have a tendency to add or subtract. We, we all want to, we want to add, subtract, or maybe just ignore some of the things that we have in scripture. And, and, and we have our reasons. You know, sometimes it's like, well, we choose to ignore because it just doesn't make any sense. So we just kind of like, let's just move right past that. I don't, I'm not understanding whether there was a lady that got chopped up and then there was this that was going. Some of you are like, you didn't know that was in the Bible. Yeah, there's a whole story on that in the Bible. It's, it's crazy. But I'm sure as you read it, you thought, I don't know what this means. And so you just ignore that part. We ignore this part, right? We emphasize certain things. And then we get to those parts where we're just going, you know, um, I bet you I know what God was really trying to say here. And so we go ahead and we add to it. So I'm not, not you. The people in the first service, that's who was doing it, not you. Okay, here's some of the things. Like I think about when it comes to like food. We do this with food. It's like, well, the body's a temple, so, you know, organic food. I mean, I think it's pretty clear. No, it's not. No, it's not. This is one of those areas. We like to, some of us like to add to Scripture. Uh, some of us, we got certain convictions around babies. It's like, well, if you're a good Christian, every good Christian will adopt at least one child. 
And it's like, okay, well, maybe that's great. Again, we're, we, place we like to add. It's like, uh, oh, school choices, public school, private school, or homeschool. I mean, everybody knows that real Christians homeschool. And so <laughs> adding, adding again, or adding uh, health reasons. We have our health stuff. I mean, just feeling like, again, body's a temple, I'm just saying. Uh, holidays. Ooh, now we're treading. I'm treading on very thin ice when I start talking about holidays, okay? Easter, how do we celebrate Easter? Christmas, Halloween, should we even go there? I mean, it's just going to, I can already see like fume is coming out of some of your ears already. Halloween, what are you going to say about that? Huh? Yeah, Lent, what are we supposed to do with those? We have different convictions. How we spend our time, how we spend our time. How about the music that we're supposed to listen to? The music you're not supposed to listen to, right? We, 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 we add. Now, don't get me wrong. These areas, there's several of these areas, there's room for a greater level of wisdom. Absolutely. There, there's room for a greater level of, of wisdom. But I'll just, right in front, I'll just tell you, like all these things that we just said, like there's no clear prohibitions in Scripture with these things. And so the question isn't, is this a sin or should I not or should I? The, the question is, is how do I approach these things that seem ambiguous in Scripture? How do I approach things that aren't really explicit and really clear and, and I'll say this as Christians, and if you're a follower of Jesus, talking to you as a, as a follower of Jesus, as Christians, we would be wise to allow for a variety of preferences in individual choices. Like we're not, we're not all coming to the table with the same ideas all the time. I, I know, I know none of you have done this, but just me where I've read scripture and you're going, God, I, I really wish you would have just tacked on another chapter. Another sentence, and just would have been just a little bit more clear about what you're saying in this part. Anybody have that moment? Boy, I, I really could use a little bit more directness about this topic. Now, here's the thing, though. As Christians, like there's there's a starting there's a few starting points, and this is one of the starting points as followers of Jesus that we we have to begin at, and that's this: Scripture is sufficient. Like the Bible is sufficient. This is a core. I mean, this is what we understand as followers of Jesus. The Bible is sufficient, complete. Like we don't add or subtract from it. Now, uh, this first statement this will resonate with some of you. It's re- it's rebellion to just ignore what Scripture says. I think some of us, if you've been around the church, you go, "Yeah, that makes sense." It's rebellion to ignore. But I'll go a step further. It's arrogance to add to what Scripture says. So if we believe that the Bible is sufficient, we don't add, nor do we subtract. So here's what we're going to go through here this morning. We're going to go to Romans 14. We're not going to go there yet, but that's where we're going to land for the majority of this message. We're going to go to Romans 14. And uh, and Paul's talking about these, talking about Christian liberty and freedom inside the church. But before we get there, i got to give you backstory. I I have to give you some context, honestly, to the whole Bible to this, to really, for this, for this chapter in Romans to really make sense. And so this is a little bit in depth. So just hang with me as I go through this. But, but I think, I think this is really important. So let me give you some backstory for you. Okay. Let me sum up the Bible for you. You ready? It's all about Jesus. It's, it's all about Jesus. Now I admit there's parts of it where you're going, how is this about Jesus? Right? Or this is about Jesus. I'm not, and I, I admit you maybe, maybe you don't know how that directly connects, but there's a thread that runs through scripture. And if you pull that thread long enough, you will, you will find yourself at the cross with Jesus. That's where you'll find yourself. It's all about Jesus. So let's back up. You get to the beginning of scripture. 
And, and God calls a nation to himself. Go all the way back to Genesis. God calls a nation through Abraham and then eventually his sons. And through his son, he gets this, uh, through Jacob, he gets this nation that he renames and he calls Israel. Now, why did he do that? Why did he do that? Well, Genesis 12 tells us that he calls this nation to himself in order to bless the other nations. That's what he wants to do. He ultimately wants to bless the other nations. And not only does he tell them, tell them why he wants to do this, and he says, but here's how. So eventually you fast forward in scripture. He says, this is why he's called that nation. But then he also says, hey, I want to be in relationship with you. Like that's uh, this nation. I, I want to have a relationship with you as a people. And so here's how you come to me. So you go back all the way through, uh, through the first five books of the Bible, you're going to find this where he, he lays out how do we approach God. And he has all these rules and regulations, sacrifices and ceremonies, because he says, this is how you come to me. Like, this is how you approach, approach me. He says, this is the way to do it. Now, there was a problem. There's a problem here because um, it didn't work very well. Like, they just kept going in this cycle where, they're repenting and God rescues them and then they rebel again and they worship other gods and they worship idols and then they go into exile and then they call out to God and they repent again and then God comes and he rescues them and then just this cycle just woo, just keeps on going. That's a problem. But see, in the middle of the problem though, see, there was always this hope. And you go all the way back to the beginning of Genesis, there's this hope that one day, this prophecy, this hope that there would be a savior. There would be somebody at some point that would come onto the scene and make everything right. And see, they, and there's all kinds of speculation on what that is and what that, what that, who that was going to be, what that was going to look like. And we fast forward, we get the privilege of looking back, right? And we know it was Jesus. Here's Jesus. Jesus comes onto the scene into this Jewish world. He calls this Jewish nation to himself. And out of this nation, he brings Jesus. Jesus comes onto the scene into a Jewish world, the Jewish Messiah. It's Jesus. By the way, one of the questions that we got uh, for this series was, why, why are we not Jews? Like, why don't we recognize the Jewish law? We, we, it seems like we're accepting the Jewish text, but we're not Jews. So why, why aren't we doing that? And let me give you a, maybe a, a better question to ask. The better question to ask is, why, do, why don't Orthodox Jews accept their Jewish Messiah? That's, that's the better question to ask. And so, here, here we as Christians, we have the new covenant. That's the New Testament. We have the new covenant. So all those rules and regulations and ceremonies and sacrifices, like you had to do those in order to approach God. By the way, it didn't change. It didn't change. Here, here's what changed. Along came somebody who all those rules and regulations and sacrifices and ceremonies all found their fulfillment in this one person named Jesus Christ. And so we don't go based on our merits and, and our ability to keep all those rules, regulations, ceremonies, and sacrifices. No, we go on Jesus' merit. And so now we're still able to come to God exactly the way God wants us to come to him, through his son, through Jesus. Now I can see some of you, you're like, oh, man, this is a lot of Jesus. You're going to try to just get me saved today. Cat's out of the bag. Yeah, that's exactly right. We're, going to get, we're trying to get you saved. That's it. That's, that's it. That's what we're doing. It's all about Jesus, okay? That's where we're going. So this, this is how we relate to God. We relate to God through Jesus. Okay, I, I realize that was, that was a lot, and we're going to get, this is going to make sense, and there's a, there's a reason that we have to start here. We've got to start right here. See, Romans 14, Romans 14, Paul's addressing a question in Romans. 
And the question is, is that, hey, these, these people that are following Jesus now, do we require them to conform? Conform to our ways, conform to our convictions, our traditions. Like, what are we, what are we supposed to do? And, and likely, likely, there's people in this Roman church at this time who are Jewish Christians who are still sort of hanging on to some of their, you know, uh, old traditions and old covenant laws. And so here's Paul, and he's addressing questions, questions. And now this is what we're going to get into. We're going to get into Romans 14. Let, let me pray for us, and then we're going to get into the rest of our service. Father God, we thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit leading and guiding us here this morning. Uh, I just ask for wisdom uh, as, I, as I communicate your word and, and teach this morning. And I just pray for the rest of us that we would come to, come to this with open minds, open hearts, open hands, ready to learn. Ready, ready to receive from you. I just thank you for your Holy Spirit working in my weakness and through all the gaps. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. Okay, Romans 14, we're going to start in verse 13 here. And here's what it says. It says, therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. Now, what's he talking about here? Because, because if you go back to the verse, verse in Romans 14, he actually says it. He says opinions. He says a lot of you have a lot of different opinions, and there's a lot of quarreling about your opinions. And here he is in verse 13, and he's saying, stop judging each other based on these opinions. Stop, stop making these opinions such a big deal. See, in Scripture, uh, God, God draws really clear lines about sin. I don't know if you've noticed that. He draws really clear lines about sin. Now, this is the Roman, this is a Roman, this is a church in Rome. This is, this is being written to Gentiles, likely people who are not familiar with Old Testament text. Like this is probably fairly new to most all of them. And so he, this is who he's writing with. And naturally, like us, they have a lot of, they have a lot of questions. And so this is who Paul's writing to. And they, they did ask questions, by the way. I think about 1 Corinthians, especially, even parts of Ephesians. Like, there's questions that Paul is addressing that people have in the church. Now, I think about some of those questions. I go back to 1 Corinthians. Again, again, clear lines about what is sin. The Bible's not ambiguous about what is, about what's sin. And so I think about in 1 Corinthians, some of the questions they have. It's like, hey, can we have sex with my boyfriend or my girlfriend? Hey, is it all right to be, can I be transgender? Hey, is it all right to have sex outside of my marriage? Hey, is it all right if we get drunk? Hey, can we, can we gossip? Is, is worshiping idols, is that, is that okay? Is that on the table, right? Okay, now, the answer to all of those is, no, not a trick question, by the way. I really feel like you should know that. I really feel like you should know the answer to this, right? Okay, the answer was, no, no. He wasn't ambiguous about these things. I mean, you need to go back and read your Bible, okay? Yeah. These things are not a matter of opinion, okay? This is not an opinion. Scripture's very straightforward. And see, with these things like this that are really straightforward in the Bible, things that are sin, see, it's the Holy Spirit empowers us to live our lives according to God's design and His plan. It's the Holy Spirit allows us and empowers us to do that. But see, what we just read in Romans, there's also this, this term, this stumbling block term. What is this stumbling block? Okay, hear me out. Here, here's the stumbling block right here. It's, it's the religious. The religious are the stumbling block. 
If you remember, if you go back to Matthew chapter 23, see, Jesus had a lot to say about the religious, the legalists. He had lots to say. And it wasn't very nice. In fact, Paul's a lot nicer than Jesus was, okay? He had some really harsh things that he said. He said, he looked at the religious and he said, listen, you guys are really good at cleaning the outside of the cup. Like, really good at making sure you look good to the people around you, but on the inside, you're just full of dead bones. That's what Jesus was saying. This is what he talked about in Matthew 23. And then you fast forward, and here's Paul, and Paul's just continuing the same, the same topic. He's talking about the same thing. He's saying, listen, listen, you're, you have your ideas, and you have your convictions. It's like, no, this is what religious people do. They say, no, it's my ideas are the right ideas. My convictions are the right convictions. My, my, my rules are the rules. Honestly, I've heard from God. This is the way it's supposed to be. Like, this is God's way. I've been following God for so long. This is the way it's supposed to be. What the religious will do, oftentimes, is we put ourselves, we put themselves in the seat of God. That's what the religious do. They put themselves in God's seat. And so they're quick to impose rules, quick to be domineering. This is when you recognize religious people. Imposing rules, being domineering. Religious people are are way too confident, way too confident about what they believe is the right way to go, with, especially with these topics that are really ambiguous in Scripture. Let, let me make this statement. This might surprise you. Religious people are the greatest threat to spiritual growth in the church. Period. Greatest threat to spiritual growth is religiosity. Paul actually says that the religious are weak. This is part of his language. He says the religious are actually Weak. What, what, was, what does that mean? See, the weak, when you're weak, you, you struggle or you don't trust God. See, it's the weak, they don't trust God to lead people, so they got to be the ones to always direct people. See, it's the weak that don't trust God to judge people, so then they got to be the ones to judge people. It's the weak that, that don't trust God to guide people, and so they have to control people. It's the weak that don't trust God to forgive people. Therefore, we have to put these rules in place to make sure that you don't mess up. You don't mess up. This is the religious. Here's a point. This is what I want you to get a hold of right here. This is what I want you to get a hold of. Go to the next slide. There's room at the table. There's room at the table. What do I mean? Christianity, our faith, the Bible makes room for a variety of preferences and choices specifically with these things that are a bit more ambiguous in the Scripture. See, it's the legalist that comes along and says, no, this is the way it's supposed to be. No, this is the what Christians are supposed to do. That's, that's legalism. That's the legalist. So let me give you, a, I'm going to give you a framework for how to, how to think through some of these things because there are, there are some topics that, I th- that we genuinely wrestle with. It's like, well, what do I do with this? Because I'm not, I don't get it. So how do I handle this? This is something uh, uh, I got from a pastor some time ago, and it's been very helpful for me. I think it'll be helpful for you too. Receive, reject, redeem. Receive, reject, redeem. So what's this mean? It means that there are certain things that we can just take at face value. We can look at, yeah, that's good. We can receive that. That's great. There's some things that we look at and we just go, yeah, that's not of God. We reject those things. And then there's those things they go, you know what? I can't quite receive it, but you know what? This is redeemable. Like God can redeem this. So let me, let me give you some examples, okay? Um, let's see. A human, human trafficking rings. Okay. Do we accept that? Do we receive it? No. Again, no trick question. Okay. 
No. What about, what about the Christian human trafficking rings? No such thing, by the way. And if that's not a trick question, it's right. No such thing. If you're caught up in that, you need to stop, by the way. Yeah, there's no such thing as a Christian trafficking ring. That's not a thing. So it's not, so again, clearly it's not redeemable then. So we don't receive it. We don't redeem it. Therefore, we reject. That's right. We reject it. Okay, we reject these things. Okay, let's go through. I have some other examples here. Let's talk through here. What about uh, the days of the week? Days of the week. This might surprise you. But the days of the week are actually named after Nordic gods. It's actually meant to honor these gods that are not the God of the Bible, not our God. You know, you think about it's Wednesdays, Odin's day, you got Thor's day, and you got Fry's day, and these are meant to honor these gods. So can we just receive that the way that it is? No, I'm not honoring any other God. No, I can't do that. Okay, do I need to reject it? Well, hold on a second. Is there a way to redeem this? Yes. Christians over this, we found a way to redeem this. I mean, Sunday is set aside. We recognize the days of the week. It's like we don't, we, we can, we can receive those in a way where we're not honoring another de- another God. Okay. We, we're able to redeem the days of the week. That's why we have, that's why we recognize the days that we do. Is that, is that making sense? Okay. Here, here, how about this? How about holidays? Again, I'm, there I am walking out on that thin ice again. Okay. You may not know this, but Christmas, Easter, these were originally pagan holidays. That's what, these were pagan holidays that, that set aside not to honor our God, okay? So do we, do we just receive that as it is? No, of course not, okay? Do, do we reject it? Well, I, I'm not sure because uh, Christians over many centuries have found a way to redeem these. So now as Christians, we can, we can celebrate Christmas because we honor the birth of Christ and we can celebrate Easter because we recognize the, the resurrection of Christ and so we, these things are redeemable. What about Halloween? Whew. Some of you in here, I got some moms in the room. You're just looking at me going, what you say determines whether I leave or not, okay? You better get this right, all right? It's like, is this, is this something that we can receive? I think we can all agree. No, we can't just receive this as it is. It's not intended for anything godly. Okay, do we reject it or do we redeem it? And some of you, I can see it right now in your eyes. You feel very strongly about one of those two things right there, okay? And that's okay, by the way. That's what Paul's telling us. That's okay. Some of you are going to go, no, not redeemable. Reject it. And that's where you're at, and that's your, go right ahead. That's, that's fine. There's, what do we say? There's room at the table. There's room at the table. There's some of us, though, that go, you know what? I think there's a way to redeem this. It's called, we have, especially in the church, we got all our corny names for it. It's like, we got our fall festival and we got our chunk or treat. And those are great. We found that we find ways to redeem this day that was not intended for anything good. Is that, is that making sense? Okay. How about this one? I got the last one. What about the internet? What about the internet? This might surprise you, but um, there's a lot of bad things that happen on the internet. I don't know if you know that or not. So do we just receive that as it is? No, absolutely not. Do we reject it? Some of you are on the internet right now. I mean, I can see you. You're on the internet. So you clearly are not rejecting it, okay? So you're not rejecting it. Uh, so we got to redeem it. We can redeem it. It's redeemable. There's a way to use this in a way that does honor God. So there you go. There, there's your framework. Receive, reject, redeem. I hope that was helpful. Okay, let's, let's keep going. Romans 14, verse 15. It says this, For if because of food your brother is hurt, 
You are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him for whom Christ died. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, don't lose sight of your priorities, which is relationships. He's saying the priority is relationships. That's what he's emphasizing. He says, therefore, do not let what is your, what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God, which by the way, for the whole book of Romans, this is the only place in the whole book of Romans where the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is mentioned. A, a critical phrase for the ministry of Christ. And this is the one place that it's mentioned in Romans, which means we should probably pay attention to it. Okay, that's what this means. He says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom of God is about. So here's the question to ask yourself when you're starting to, okay, what's right? What's wrong? I have these traditions and these convictions. What, what, here's the question to ask yourself. Am I adding a burden or lifting a burden? Am I the one that's trying to put obstacles in people's way and say, now, I'm glad you're a Christian, but there's these other things that you're going to have to do and live according if you really want to be right with God? Or am I someone that goes and clears the way? Am I a burden lifter or do I go and lay burdens down in front of other people? Let's keep going. This is verse 18. It says, For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. I love that. Here's what he's saying. God accepts them, so leave them alone. That's what, he, that's what he's saying. Hey, God accepts these people. They don't think the way you do. And so they don't have all the same conviction, but, they, but God accepts them, so, so leave them alone. And he goes on, he says, So then let us pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. So instead of, instead of pursuing our pet peeve, right? Instead of pursuing our pet conviction, like instead of pursuing the, these matters that tend to divide, that, listen, these things that are not for peace, these things that are not meant for building each other up, like instead of pursuing that, like let's, let's, let's not do that. Let's pursue peace. Let's prioritize something else. He goes on, this is verse 20. It says, do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are clean, but they are evil for the man who eats and gives offense. Again, here's what he's saying. He's, he's reminding us again. Relationships are more important. Relationships are more important. It is good not to eat meat or to drink wine or to do anything by which your brother stumbles. The faith which you have have as your own conviction before God. See, this is when, when you come across religious people, religious people will say, no, this is the way that Christians are supposed to behave. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to do and not supposed to do, right? And Paul, here's what Paul's saying. He's going, man, that's, that's great. That's great that you don't eat or drink or do anything by which your brother stumbles. The faith that you have, go ahead and keep it to yourself. That's what he's saying. He's saying, that's, that's great. Keep that to yourself. This is what Paul said. See, this is why, by the way, this is why it's incredibly important as followers of Jesus that we learn to hear, recognize, and be led by the Holy Spirit. This is, this is, this is a really important part of our walk with, with Christ. Listen, he speaks. He still leads. Especially through these ambiguous parts of Scripture. He will lead you and he will guide you. This last week, I took my son 
camping for a couple nights. We went, we left right after church last Sunday and we went camping for two nights and then I took him mountain biking. And, uh, it's the first time I've taken him mountain biking like this. And so we went and I'll be honest with you. If I'd have done a little bit more homework, I wouldn't have taken him on the trail that I did. Turned out to be really difficult. And, uh, and, uh, he wanted to, uh, he won't, he won't mind me saying this because he wanted to quit like less than a quarter of the way up the mountain. It was a lot. I mean, it was over 2,000 feet in elevation gain. And I've got this nine-year-old that I'm making him push a mountain bike up it, okay? It was four, over four miles just up the hill. It was four miles back down. And uh, it was hard. It took us a long time. And we're going through this. And my, and my son, he just went through this, the whole wave of emotions, okay? Wave. It was like despair. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> Anger, oh, this bike won't do what I want. And then he was, and then it was pointed at me. It was like, Dad, why are you doing this to me? Like, it was a whole cycle of emotions that were coming through my son. And uh, I'm trying to guide him through that a little bit, encourage him through it. And we got, we were probably just a third of the way up the mountain. And I had an idea. I thought, oh, I'm going to, this, this might be a good idea. I said, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get to the top. And when we do, we're going to sit by that lake that's up there. And I'm going to ask you, what do you think it is that God is trying to teach you through this experience? I just, you know, be thinking about that. And my, my son, he's a, he's a thinker, very smart kid. He's, he's a thinker. And so he didn't say anything, but I, I, knew, I knew he was processing that. And so about a minute goes by or so, and he asked me, he says, Dad, what do you think God is trying to teach me? It's like, now listen, I'm a father, okay? And if you're a parent, I was like, yeah, I got a lot of things I think the Lord is trying to teach you in this moment. <laughs> Where do I begin? Yes, I got lots of things that the Lord is trying to teach you in this moment. But see, I had a moment. I, I, had, a, I had a choice in that, in, the, in, the, in that moment. And it was totally unplanned. And praise God for the leading of the Holy Spirit, because I had a couple different ways I could have responded. I could have just told him, this is the way it's supposed to be for you. This is what you're supposed to learn. But instead, the Holy Spirit led me to say something different. And I said, you know what, Wyatt? Here's what we're going to do. Over the next 50 feet or so, you don't even have to do it out loud, just quietly to yourself. Why don't you ask God? Why don't you just ask him? God, what are you trying to teach me over this? And then, and then as we're going up the hill, maybe, we're, maybe it's not till we come back down or something. Maybe, maybe you can hear from God. And I said, and then we can sit down and talk about it, and maybe I can help you decipher and discern what it is that God's actually trying to teach you. Let's go, let's go about it that way. I said, okay, good deal. See, especially as parents, and, and even if you're not, you're not a parent, you're, you're a new believer, or maybe you have new believers in your life, it's like the most important thing that we can do for our kids, for our spiritual kids, is teach them to hear, listen, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's the most important thing we can do for them. They need, we need to hear from God. This is Romans 14. Let's keep going. This is verse 22. He says, Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because his eating is not from faith. And whatever is not from faith is sin. See, for all of us, there's areas in our life, there's areas where, where we're weak and others are strong. There, there, there's areas in our lives where we're strong and others are weak. And this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, stop judging each other over it. Stop, stop laying judgment down because they've got stronger faith or they've got weaker faith. Like, 
Stop judging and do this instead. Do this instead. Prioritize unity. Prioritize unity in the body of Christ. I got news for you. Jesus didn't die for our stuff and for our things and our pet peeves and our pet conviction. He didn't die for that. He died for people. That's what he died for. He died for people. See, our, our, our church, even Freedom Church, the, right here in Williston, Freedom Church, and not to mention Capital C Church around the world. This is a, it's a diverse people. And I don't just mean ethnically. I mean diverse ideas, diverse convictions. We don't all have the same callings. We certainly don't all have the same experiences yet. In the middle of all that variety, in all of those experiences, in the middle of all of that, we can still be a unified family. And that's what Paul is saying. Prioritize unity. Prioritize unity. So we go back to the title of our message today. What are the rules? Like exactly, what are the rules? Yeah, we all got our things like, well, can I drink or not drink? Hey, can I get a tattoo or not get a tattoo? Hey, what are you saying about my health and how I'm supposed to behave? Like, what are you saying exactly about this? What are the rules? Let's say this. See, when I hear that, when I hear people go, what are the rules? This is what I hear people asking. What must I do in order to be good so that I can go to that good place with the good God? That's what we're asking. You might be surprised. Here's what Romans 3, verse 10 says. It says, there's no one righteous, not even one, nobody. Verse 20, chapter 3, verse 20 says, therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by observing the law. Nobody, not Mother Teresa, not Billy Graham, not my wife. It's close, but nope, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Nobody's going to be declared righteous. Based on their observance to their convictions and their behavior, it doesn't work like that. He says, rather, the law, we become, through the law, we become conscious of sin. This, this might shock you. Heaven is not for good people. Heaven is for bad people. Heaven's not for good people. Heaven is for bad people. That's who heaven's for. See, in order to get to the good place, to be with the good God, we have to realize that bad people are in need of a good Savior. Like, that's who it's for. And so for a lot of us, the, the temptation is to, think of, is to think of sin as something out there. Like, the, the problem is out there. It's, it can't be in here, and it can't be in my home. Sin is not primarily something we need to be sheltered from. It's something that we need to be delivered from. It's not out there. It's not there. See, it's easy for Christians, especially Christian families, because we, I think a lot of us, we, we really mean well. It's, it's really easy to fall. I mean, we want to live holy. We want to live in a way that honors God. and We, we don't want to bring a reproach or offend God in any way. Or you know, we, we want to live a certain way. I think for a lot of us, it comes out of a genuine, like a, we genuinely want to do that. But see, there's a, there's a, there's a trap here. It's easy to adopt this mindset where we begin to believe that, you know what, the world is evil. Me, my family, my home, like this is the good place. Therefore, I got to protect my family from all the evil that's outside of my home. Like this is the trap that we start falling into. See, the problem isn't the desire to shelter our children. I mean, if you're as good parents, we want to shelter our kids. Yes, we want to protect our kids. Absolutely. I'm a parent. 
The problem isn't that we want to do that. The problem is, is this warped perspective that it produces. See, we begin to think that sin and rebellion is a problem outside of our home, not something that's wrong inside of our home. We begin to think it's out there, not in here. We start thinking that we, or, our, or even our kids, and I know it's like, oh, my kids are so sweet. Not, not them. Some of you are going, no, if you knew my kids, you wouldn't say that, right? And it's like, no, 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 not me, not my kids. We think, oh, they're basically good. They just need some moral direction in their life. And, and, and that's not what Scripture teaches us. See, what Scripture teaches us is it says that we, including our kids, basically bad, and we need a heart transformation. We need to be transformed. That's what Scripture tells us. See, d- discipleship, it includes protecting. Hear me. It does include protecting. I mean, Paul, Paul warns, there's wolves out there. Like there's things that want to come and hijack your relationships. There's things, there's people, there's, there's evil people that want to hijack your relationship with your children and influence your children. That's all, yes. And we're, as parents, as, as followers of Christ, we protect. That's right. We, we do those things, but protection is not the end goal. Like the, the walls we build are not the goal of our life. The goal is heart change. That's the goal. That we would be transformed. We'll go ahead and start playing music here in the, in the background just to sort of prepare our hearts, just in a posture of a worship as we come to the end of our message here as I wrap this up. And as I wrap up, I just want to say this. You know, there are things that Scripture draws really clear lines about. And we, we've kind of talked about that already. I mean, there's these things that are really, really clear. And the truth is, is that God has revealed in, in the Bible everything that we need to be able to trust and obey Him perfectly. Like He's given it. He's given us everything that we need. But then there's those things that Scripture does not draw clear lines about. Not so, it's not so clear. A lot of different opinions. A lot of different convictions. A lot of different ones. And here's what Paul is encouraging all of us. This is what I want to encourage you to do. Is that we're not going to allow secondary issues. Hear me. I didn't say unimportant issues. Just secondary. Just secondary issues. We're not going to allow secondary issues to divide us or get in the way of ours or anybody else's Spiritual growth. That's what we're going to do. Father God, thank you for leading us and guiding us. Thank you for Jesus. Help us to, as we process the questions that we have in the things that we're kind of trying to, we're trying to get down to. We're trying to figure out answers. We're trying to discern how to behave, what, what, what to do and what not to do. I just thank you for your Holy Spirit and your faithfulness to lead us and to guide us through that. Help us to not lose sight of Jesus through all of that. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit leading us. Thank you for these things. It's in your name we pray.